5: In Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality.
3: Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm here with Jeff and Ken. How are you both? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You guys are both drinking some coffee. How's it tasting today? It's delicious, as always, Neil. Oh, you're welcome. You we should go into the biz. Uh, I might go into the biz one day, maybe. Start we'll see. roasting. I'll roast with you. Yeah. I'd like to do a, have a small coffee shop with like uh, themed drinks and cool posters and stuff. There's a great coffee shop here in Chicago if you ever visit or if you live here called The Wormhole. They have a full-size uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future. And there's a bunch of video games and 80s movie posters and stuff. So it's kind of a cool, eclectic design in there. But something like that would be fun.
4: Uh, speaking of such things, Neil, I went to a uh, chocolatier in the city the other day and they had a Biscoff chocolate vegan drinking chocolate oh wow did you taste it i was thinking of you and i and i and as i uh suckled at it oh you did suckle yeah i suckled (laughs) how was it it was delicious was it that sounds really good uh where's that at um armitage and uh uh humboldt street about
3: okay yeah ken is a huge fan of drinking chocolate if you don't know yeah yeah i'll have to try that though. that sounds really good anytime you throw biscoff into something jeff are you a a suckler of drinking chocolate
5: (laughs) Um, no, no, not quite. Not you don't quite. suckle? No, I, I've been enjoying uh, you know seasonal beverages, but uh, not, not the chocolate variety. It um, was the
4: sweetest thing I ever drank, I'm pretty sure. So you it? would love it.
3: Okay. It was you, too sweet for me. But too sweet? Delicious. It, it makes me think we're in a Seinfeld episode. Did you suckle?
6: Yeah. He
5: suckled. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it's weird. I see this like coffee shop you run as an opportunity for you to like help budding screenwriters. Like everybody who shows up at your coffee shop and you like give notes on. Like has these like screenplays that just hit hit it big.
3: Mm. That'd be true, yeah. And just take a you little percentage make a little TV like a, show yourself.
6: I'm about seeing it like it. a like, like a, a like anthology.
3: A yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because there always is screenwriters in the in the cafe who just get one coffee and sit there all day and just go to the bathroom ten times and stuff. Um, well, they should
5: have their bladders looked at. But anyways,
3: yes. Yeah, so speaking of coffee shops, uh, uh, Matt is not here today. He's actually at the coffee conglomerate. Uh, no reason to make up something funny because he's he's working, which is kind of funny. So. He's at the. I guess it's not right. funny. He wasn't supposed to be working. He wasn't supposed he to he be was, working. So he intended to be here, but it didn't work out. He did. Uh, so best wishes to to Matt. But uh, we have <laughs> some special salutations. Salutations. <laughs> um, may God have mercy on your soul. So we have some special guests here today, and as we've been saying, um, our last ten episodes uh, on our road to three hundred, we've been uh, wanting to celebrate all the patrons that have helped us get to where we are now, uh, and uh, we're going to start that today. Uh, by introducing uh, one of our longest tenured patrons, uh, actually our fifth patron of all time. No way, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, fifth patron started October 10th, 2017, an Oakland 5 supporter from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, you know her, you love her, Asha Youssef. How are you, Asha?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you guys doing today?
3: Welcome back. Yes, Can you, welcome thank back.
4: You. Can you please remind uh, the lovely people at home or in their cars uh, all about you?
1: Well, my name is Asha. I'm from Louisville. Um I'm a 4th grade teacher and I don't know. I don't have anything exciting to say today. <laughs> Trivia fanatic. Trivia fanatic. And, and a
4: pa- patron classic. And yes.
1: apparently I was one of the top 10 patrons.
3: So yeah, That's true. Yeah, top you were five even. you were the top Yeah, the 5th patron of all, of of our whole existence. So thank you Who so knew? much for for helping us uh get to where we are today. We really appreciate it.
5: And I hope it's a good sign that you're still with us, yes. um, that we
3: haven't driven you away. So yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much. And then um, to sort of uh, juxtapose Asha being here, we wanted to highlight one of our newest patrons uh, and thank them for, for joining the fray. Uh, they're actually a friend of, of of the show, Dave Brown, the high school friends, which is awesome. So thank you, Dave, for introducing um, our special guest host today. But uh, they're coming to us from Robbinsdale, Minnesota. They're an Oakland 5 supporter. Just joined October 2022 Bill Begemann, how are you, Bill?
2: Good. Thanks for having me on. Super excited to be here. And uh, yeah, Asha, you joined on my birthday. We were talking birthdays before the show, October tenth, two thousand seventeen. That would have been number thirty-one for me. So.
5: Oh, I thought it was his, the day he was born. And happy birthday <laughs> to you.
4: Happy birthday to you. Yeah, yeah well. happy belated birthday. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Happy well, bel- well, we should say we're recording this
3: late Much October. closer to the yeah, time. Yeah, this of- is basically a day from Halloween. And uh, Asha, when this comes out, your birthday will be December 30th. Is that yes, right? Yes, December 30th. So it's, it's really like kind of a birthday so episode. We're, so we're creeping up on New Year's though, right? We are creeping up on New Year's, which is my birthday. So
4: it's a big, big birthday episode today, apparently. All right. Well, we're excited to get going. Uh, Bill, can you tell us a little bit about yourself first?
2: Uh, yeah. Like you guys said, I live up in Robbinsdale, Minnesota, basically Minneapolis. I, like Asha, am a teacher. I'm a high school social studies teacher up here in the Twin Cities metro. And I also do professional wrestling. So yes. I, I don't make quite as much money doing that as I, as I do the, the main gig. But I, uh, you know, I, I put a lot of hours into that. So I definitely and I do get paid. Some money awesome. to do it, so I do consider myself a professional.
5: Yeah, if you get paid to do something, you're a professional, which yeah. technically makes us yeah, professional, professional podcasters. podcasters. Hey, <laughs> that's so cool. We'll
2: have to come,
3: uh, we'll have to come see you at, at some point, maybe, and uh, see a match or two or something. Yeah, I'm
2: trying to get down there in the Chicago area, so maybe this will help me out.
3: That would be great.
4: i right. would go to that. That would be fun. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, well, as I said, uh, New Year's is creeping up on us at uh, time of airing. So uh, just like we... Uh, anticipate that moment mm-hmm. where the new year rolls over we're going to be the charles bronson classic film 10 to midnight sounds good to me yep how about you guys
5: uh, inspired by the uh upcoming new year we chose to drop the ball so
4: okay.
3: So you'll be drop the ball or dropping the ball?
5: Dropping the ball. Dropping let's, the
4: ball. Let's hope that your team does and me and Neil can clutch a victory in our sweaty, sweaty palms.
3: Just like the, the <laughs> firearm used by Chuck Bronson to eliminate the, the villain in 10 to Midnight. Yeah. Spoiler alert.
4: Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, That's not a very good movie. No. It's fine. <laughs> um, anyways, we have a special rules read as well.
3: Yeah, uh, so we have a, a special rules read uh, from our friend uh, Mayhem, uh, one of our patrons, and uh, she put together a, a rules read in Tagalog, which is really cool. So something something new. We have the Dutch reading, um, and we're inviting anyone who who might want to do a rules read uh, in their own you know native language. Uh, that's really really cool. We want to spread the uh, spread the love as much as we can. So thank you to Mayhem for this rule read, and uh, it is in. Tagalog. Enjoy.
1: Yung patakaran ng laro ay simple. May dalawang round na may tig 10 tanong. Sa gitna, mayroong a special swing round na isinulat ng host. Sa huling round, ang mga koponan ay tumataya ng 0 hanggang 30 puntos sa bawat isa sa mga huling tanong. Sa dulo, Malalaman natin sino ang cream
2: of the crop.
6: The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better.
4: So I think we know the rules. I think we know the rules. We know the rules, but if you guys don't know the rules at home, and that was a little challenging, mm-hmm. maybe check it out in a, in a different episode. Yeah, but it's just going to be questions, and
3: we're going to answer them. Yeah, they'll
4: there you figure go. It out.
5: Yeah. I think the only thing that matters is at the end of this game, someone
4: will be the cream of the crop. Yeah,
3: that we that part we heard, that part we did hear. Uh, but our cream of the crop today is going to be Bill, uh, and you're uh, in uh, the center of the ring. So take it away. We're ready to play. Let's uh, suplex that mofo.
2: Oh, those these, and I I will have some uh, wrestling related stuff coming up in a later round. I I took the uh, I took the approach of write what you know. So my game here is as self-absorbed as it can possibly be. Awesome. And yeah, round one is going to be social studies. Like I mentioned, I'm a social studies teacher up here at actually Forest Lake High School in the Twin Cities Metro. And so all round one questions will be connected to a course that is taught at my high school in the social studies department. All right. Question one will be under the category citizenship and government. Shout out to Mr. Maloney, who does just a fantastic job teaching that at my high school. And the question is this. Most U.S. citizens obtain their citizenship at birth by either being born inside the United States or being born to parents that are citizens. But for non-citizens who want to obtain citizenship, there is a way to acquire it. What is the earthy name of that multi-step process?
5: Okay, Asha, what uh, comes to mind?
1: Um, naturalization?
5: That was what I was thinking.
1: Is the only thing I can think of. I don't know what that... If that's really earthy. But I guess natural. Natural. So maybe, yeah.
5: Uh, that's the direction I was headed. All I think right. we should lock that in. Let's
1: lock it in.
4: Well, we said the same thing, naturalization. Or as we call it earthy. here in the studio, O-naturalization oh, as we record. Earth, earthy as the flavor of this coffee. Hmm.
2: Points to both teams. The answer is indeed naturalization. Nice. Very yeah, thank you, Mr. Turner. Maloney. Yeah, Mr. Maloney. Great dude. All right. Question two. Question two is in the category of human geography. Shout out to Mr. Osborne. And the question is, human geographers have many tools that they use to study the demographics of certain places. One of these tools organizes people into a graphical illustration based on age and sex and usually takes a particular shape. Although some countries like Japan are increasingly producing inverted ones. What is the alliterative name of this demographic tool?
4: So, Neil, I kind of know what he's getting at here, but I don't know how to articulate this into an answer, especially an alliterative answer.
1: I honestly have no idea. But when I think of things that are inverted, I think of triangles. So the only thing I can come up with is a people pyramid. So hopefully you have something better than that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know, I know what he's talking about. Um, I mean, you want to go like population pyramid or something yeah that works for me okay we're gonna go population pyramid
4: yeah that's a good as answer as any we don't really have one but i think what he's talking about is the uh how japan is an aging country as opposed to like a country that's has more young population but i don't know how to articulate that so no answer johnson
2: Points to one team. The answer is population pyramid. Nice. And Ken, you're right on. Um, Because Japan has an aging population, the wider part of their population pyramid is actually at the top. So it forms kind of like an inverted pyramid. Uh, Most developing countries have the more traditional triangle shape, which which is what gives it its name. Question three. Category is world history. Shout out to Mr. Elliot, who is also our union rep. And the question is, watchers of John Green's Crash Course World History will know that this nomadic civilization, which during the 13th and 14th centuries established the largest contiguous land empire in world history, is the so-called exception to every one of history's rules. What is this civilization?
5: Asha, we can lock in if you trust me on this.
1: I trust you.
4: This is the in Jeff's wheelhouse.
1: Yeah, he loves
3: Crash Course. I
4: love Crash Course. Um,
5: so
3: much so that, like the David Cronenberg film, he crashes cars while watching Crash Course, and kind of gets off. To kind of gets off to it. <laughs> um,
4: <laughs> I don't know what would the civilization be. No kink be? shaming around here.
3: No, not the at all. Uh,
4: Macedonians. I don't think they were nomadic, but I, I don't have a great.
3: What about the Western? the? Uh, I'm thinking of a name of. Uh,
4: um, I don't know. I don't know either. I want to say the Macedonians? Sure.
5: All right, Asha. So we're going to go with the uh, only civ- uh, civilization or um, group that successfully invaded uh, what is currently mainland Russia in winter. And we're going to go the Mongols.
2: Points to one team. The answer is, wait for it, the Mongols. And You've, anyone uh, who <laughs> yeah, you watch Crash Course World History, John Green, you, you know all about the Mongols, but... Um, maybe even if you don't watch Crash Course, you know that in the thirteenth, fourteenth centuries the Mongols established a pretty enormous empire. Wasn't all that long lasting. A lot of it was relatively uninhabited, but pretty impressive nevertheless. Sorry, Mr. Elliot.
3: We'll make up that work after
2: class. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Elliot is not gonna be happy with you guys.
5: It's pretty hard to forget if you've seen the Crash Course because they play like a cheesy movie clip and it's just like, da-da, da-da, like yeah, one of those shoddy seventies things.
2: Question four, the category is U.S. History. Shout out to Mrs. Wright. What historical figure said the following quote? I long to hear that you have declared an independency. And by the way, in the new code of laws, which I suppose it will be necessary for you to make, I desire you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Remember, all men would be tyrants if they could. If particular care and attention is not paid to the ladies, we are determined to foment a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any laws in which we have no voice or no representation.
4: So the question, uh, Neil, for this one is, is this uh, an outside party talking about the U.S. independence or is this a U.S. figure talking about somebody else's independence? And I would go with the former. So I have a I have a guess. How about this person? El Fanning,
3: El Fanning. Yeah,
4: yeah. Okay, uh, okay. We're, yeah. we're reluctant. Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> I also was kind of wondering if it was like somebody who was around during the time of the, resolu uh, revolution in China, to write To somebody else, so if it was like Martha Washington or Angelica Schuyler or, <laughs> um, I don't know, somebody of that time
5: yeah i was i was i was i had the either like the like a martha washington or maybe an abigail adams i believe she was also a a pretty badass yeah Um, that might be a good answer but seeing as how you said what historical figure said the following quote it's about u.s history but it doesn't have to be a u.s person so i was thinking of other famous women who were maybe in power at the time um looking at france who was an ally marie antoinette that would have been when she was still around um my gut kind of went to Marie Antoinette. I know it's a little outside the box, but...
1: Yeah, well, let's try it. I don't okay. have a better answer.
5: We're going to go with Marie Antoinette.
4: If Evel Fanning has taught me anything, and she's taught me much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that Catherine the Great was fairly progressive. Ah. And so we're saying Catherine the Great. That's, that's a good guess.
2: As much as I'd like to say huzzah to a few of Damn. your answers, uh no points awarded. The right answer was said aloud. It is Abigail Adams. Mm. Ooh, this is wow. Abigail Adams writing to her husband John Adams. Um and uh Asha got the clue that this is about the American Revolution and independency, but yeah, Abigail Adams in a letter to her husband John, um, urging him to remember the ladies, and of course, he did not.
3: Remember the ladies. I remember her
2: being
5: cool. Well, we should have guessed that. I feel bad.
3: John Giamatti Adams. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Mrs. Wright. Another teacher we're disappointing today. We'll be there after school.
4: Unfortunately, extra, we were
5: a bunch learning. of learning. We we're a bunch of Mr. and Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Wrongs on that mm. one.
2: <laughs> well, perhaps you can make Mr. Wigan a little bit happier. Uh, question number five is in the category of economics.
4: <laughs> Doubt it. Oh. oh okay.
2: Not to be confused with mushrooms, this economic term refers to the property of a good or a commodity whose individual units are essentially interchangeable and each of whose parts is indistinguishable from any other part. What is this economic term?
1: Okay, I think I have an idea, but I'm not 100%. I think it's like fungible or something along those lines. I don't know if I'm exactly saying it correctly.
4: Fungible token? Fungible token. Yeah. I don't know if that's well, what that's we Well, we've, we've been hearing a lot about NFTs lately. Yeah, that's, that's fun fungible. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I wrote down. And it makes sense with the mushroom clue. So we'll also go with fungible.
2: Points to both teams. The answer is fungible or fungibility. I did not know this. This is just something I came across um, in my research for writing this game. But yeah, with all the news about NFTs, I thought maybe this one would be more... Gettable than maybe it was in the past. So yeah, fungible or fungibility is the correct answer. No awesome. detention with Mister Wiggins. Yeah, no Mister Wiggins, nice.
3: he's happy, uh, and and we're happy too. After five questions, uh, looks like uh, Team Ten to Midnight uh, only picking up twenty points and uh, dropping the ball, still holding the ball with forty points, uh, doubling our score. So still, still pretty close game, as I like to say.
2: Okay, round six. The category is psychology. Shout out to Mister Roberts. Twiggy is the name of a famous squirrel that is often used by psych teachers to teach about operant conditioning, a type of associative learning process through which the strength of a behavior is modified by reinforcement or punishment. What skill was Twiggy operationally conditioned to perform? And don't worry, he was wearing a PFD.
3: Yeah, we have an idea here of what PFD stands for, which is really kind of leading us into an answer. So whether or not uh, it's correct is all based on if PFD is what we think it is. So we're going to lock in.
1: I was just going to say something like press a button that gave food or press a button that gave another squirrel a shock or something. I don't know.
5: Oh, that would have been messed up. (laughs) It's combining the Milgram experiment with...
1: uh, Rodents. (laughs) The rodents were kinder. Don't
5: Don't worry, he's fine. But he's not screaming anymore. He's fine. Yeah, we can we can say hit a button. I don't for food. I'm not sure. Yeah,
3: that I ain't got nothing. Uh, so PFD right away. I kind of locked in. I believe it's personal flotation device. Um, and initially we were thinking swimming, but we do know that there was always like a meme going around of a squirrel water skiing, and so we said maybe it was. If we need to be more specific, we're going to say water skiing.
2: Points to one team. Twiggy was a water skiing squirrel. Yeah, you kidding I, me? That meme. <laughs> I, I remember this from uh, when I was a kid. They used to have those uh, Sports Illustrated for kids, and they had the little cardboard cards inserts in there that you could kind of tear out. There was a Twiggy on one of those, and apparently they're still teaching about them in, in the site class down the hall from me. So, and that's Twiggy. So funny. There's more than one Twiggy, so there's a lot of Twiggies. But yeah, that's water skiing squirrel is the answer. Question seven is in the category of anthropology. Shout out to Mrs. Booman. Lucy, a fossilized Australopithecus afarensis unearthed in Ethiopia in 1974, is one of the most famous and important human ancestors ever discovered, providing further evidence to the belief that bipedalism preceded brain size in human evolution. What was the inspiration for Lucy's name?
3: I think we're locked in. Ken, Ken quickly locked in Scarlett Johansson movie. So I think we're pretty solid over here. Scarlett Johansson's best movie. <laughs> I saw it in the theaters. I was so disappointed when I left. But yes, her? we're locked in. No, Lucy. <laughs> I'm just
4: I kidding. Doing was doing her joke. Anyways. Uh, I would say her.
3: I like Jojo Rabbit. Um, oh, yeah, her performance in that. Yeah, She so has a lot of good ones. She has a lot of good ones. We're locked in over here.
1: Okay, so literally the only Lucy I can think of right now is the one from... Peanuts? Peanuts
5: yep there we go okay we're on the same wavelength i mean maybe maybe i guess we'll just say peanuts
1: yeah let's go with it
4: all right uh i think i remember it could be peanuts i thought i remembered it being something about lucy in the sky with diamonds so that's what we said
2: points to one team if you can picture yourself in a boat on a river you might know that lucy was named after the beatles hit song lucy in the sky with diamonds which is apparently blaring at the camp nonstop as they were Ugh. doing their archaeological dig <laughs> so
5: i was like how did that come about it
3: but that makes sense so just inspired by the, whoever had the uh the aux cord on their ipod in 1974. oh is it oh in 1974 yeah so someone brought a vinyl yeah wow so they they really were committed they had to bring a vinyl to the campsite so they had yeah. the
4: beatles there
3: playing it on a loop that so that that was the only way they it got was back. nearly
4: eleanor rigby
3: They thought The Roof was their last concert, but they're like, no, we're going to go play an archaeological dig. Hey, you, I want to find some bones here, right?
2: All right. Question eight. Category is international relations. Shout out to Mr. Cole. The number of countries with nuclear weapons can depend on how you count. But if you believe Wikipedia, and you always should. The number of sovereign states that have publicly announced their detonation of nuclear weapons combined with the number of other sovereign states that are presumed to have nuclear weapons leave the world with how many current nuclear armed countries? And I will take answers within one.
5: So yeah, just talking about them, totaling them up here. We think we have about eight and seven to nine feels like an appropriate range. So that's what we're going to go with.
4: Uh, Neil's guess was around that range. I thought it was a little bit higher, purely also on a guess. Um, but we said about 17. I just felt like there were more countries in Europe, but maybe, uh, maybe I'm over guessing it.
2: Points go to one team. Uh, the answer is nine. And Jeff, you did a pretty good job listing them off there. There's the five from the UN Security Council that's the US, Russia, China, oh, France, Great China. Britain. <laughs> yeah. And then the ones that, um, Kind of, I guess, illegally possess them, and everybody knows it. Is India, Pakistan, and North Korea, and the one that is presumed to have nuclear weapons is Israel. Which you, oh, that's mentioned.
4: right, that's
3: right. Sorry, Neil, you were right in the ballpark, and I talked you out of it. That's right. It Doesn't happen often, so I wasn't confident.
5: I think I think I knew that just because I had heard that number the other day in a video I watched.
3: If I was a student of Mister Cole, I'd be a lot more confident, but alas, I'm not.
2: All right. Question nine. Category is AP. Shout out to Miss Wilkie. AP or advanced placement classes offer college level curriculum to high school students and an opportunity to earn college credit pending their score on the AP exam. The minimum score needed to receive college credit can vary from college to college, but nearly all colleges would award credit to students obtaining the highest score. What is the highest possible score on an AP exam? Hint: It's a single-digit number.
4: Reluctant.
1: I think it's five.
5: I'm almost positive it's five. I took about ten or eleven okay, AP Mr. courses. Okay, Mr. Smarty Pants. Ooh, I didn't get a, a five smarty? on any of them. I was <laughs> very few people get fives. I was I was too dumb. I didn't even pass some of them.
3: I never but, took one AP course. course. I was in band and. <laughs> Choir. So last year I proctored a bunch of AP tests. So you're close to
4: it. You're nearby. I, th- I think it was five.
5: Yeah, I'm pretty sure three is a pass and five is the highest you can get. So we're going to lock
3: in five. We agree.
2: Points all around. The answer answer is five. And yeah, I don't know what I was doing in high school, but I'm not even sure if I knew that AP classes existed. Um, but very much um, a thing that is great for our students at Forest Lake High School now. A lot of kids, thanks to our great AP teachers, Earning college credit for free. I just
6: remember.
4: That's why I, I tell the AP students. I'm like, hey, I graduated a semester early, much thanks to my AP credit, and I saved like $16,000. So
3: think about it, kids. Oh, interesting. I, I don't even think AP courses existed until I was like a junior or, or senior, and then at least at our school. And then I just remember kids like being very anxious and crying out of classes with their AP stuff because it was very hard, is what I heard. So,
2: question 10 category is. Spanish immersion. Shout out to Miss Quam. Also, a bonus citizenship and government question. As is often the case when translating between English and Spanish, the term frenos y contrapesos is not an exact translation, but it still conveys essentially the same meaning in regard to a certain moderating feature of U.S. government. What is the English version of the term? Frenos y contrapesos.
3: Okay. Uh, Ken seems pretty confident, and uh, he's only speaking to me in Spanish uh, while we're deliberating. But he's he locked in.
1: All right. What do you think about checks and balances?
4: I absolutely like that as an answer. All right. Checks and balances, and uh, we also say checks and balances because it's one thing, and then the other thing. I don't know Spanish. You know, I don't know Spanish.
5: I figured contrapesos was against money, right? So that's your balance.
2: Points to both teams. The answer is checks and balances. Frenos or frenar actually means to break. And contrapesos is counterweight. So breaks and counterweights. But yeah, same idea. Checks and balances, a moderating feature of U.S. government.
4: All right, after the first 10 questions, uh, that puts us at 60. But just ahead of us is dropping the ball, not dropping the ball at 70.
3: And speaking of uh, some high scores, uh, we're getting really, really higher with our uh, Patreon involvement. We're almost at 500. We're about 13 away uh, from 500 as of recording. So we're super excited about that. And as we said, Bill and Asha, both are Patreon supporters, which we appreciate. So if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. And what we want to say about that is if you do go to patreon.com slash podcast and sign up for as little as a, a dollar a month, you can get our main feed episodes, what you're listening to right now, ad-free if you don't want to hear the ads. Uh, we have a lot of new ads coming. We're going to be trying some new products in the new year. We're excited to um, sample all those products and and uh, you know handpick some of the things that we're going to be talking about. But uh, some of the ads are auto-inserted. So if you don't want to hear that stuff uh, or you don't want to click the skip button, you can go to uh, your Patreon account and get it uh, ad-free. Jeff? usually puts it up uh, a day before, too, so you also get it early. So Yeah,
5: thank you so much. Um, we've seen such great growth since um, we announced that we were trying to take some of our efforts full-time. seems that everybody's supporting us so far, and we could
3: not be more grateful. So, thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, join uh, Bill and Asha over at Patreon. But uh, right now, we're just excited to hear the swing rounds. What do we have in store, Bill?
2: Yeah, so like I said, I'm doing a very much write-what-you-know game, and I am currently in the process of trying to watch every single episode of The Simpsons in chronological order. Yeah, Neil doesn't look happy. I'm, um, <laughs> I'm on season two, so I got a ways to go. But here's my question, um, which which when I play tested it, even people who aren't big Simpsons fans seem to seem to do okay on. So swing round category is supporting Simpsons. And here's the question. According to some data compiled on the first 26 seasons of The Simpsons, The majority of the dialogue is unsurprisingly spoken by the members of the Simpson nuclear family minus Maggie. That's Homer, Marge, Bart, and Lisa in that order. In any order, name the next 10 Simpsons characters that appear on that list of most words spoken according to scripts from SimpsonsWorld.com.
4: All right, we have a list to generate and we'll be right back.
6: So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.
4: And we are back with our lists of Simpsons characters. So I guess we'll just go down our lists one team at a time, and uh, then we can have the real list and uh, check off who is correct. So we'll start... We said Flanders, Moe, Principal Skinner, Apu, Smithers, Millhouse, Krusty, Lenny, Carl, and Mr. Burns.
5: Okay. It's going to be pretty similar. We said Moe, Mr. Burns, uh, Edna Krabappel, Krusty, Sideshow Bob, Armin Tamsarian, also known as Principal Skinner, uh, Apu, Smithers, Millhouse, and Flanders.
2: All right. I tried to keep track there, but I will just read the official list here and let you figure out how many you got right. The next um, 10 most words spoken for the Simpson supporting cast is as follows. And in this order, Mr. Burns, Moe, Seymour Skinner, Ned Flanders, Krusty, the clown, grandpa Simpson, Ooh, chief Wiggum, Kent Brockman, Milhouse, and a Pooh.
4: Oh, a couple surprises on there for sure. Yeah.
2: Kent Brockman was Kent Brockman. pretty much universally missed by um, my playtesting of this question.
4: Darn. and I, I guess had... he is in almost every episode, like, just a little bit, you know what I mean? I, had
5: I... Abe is our 11th choice. So that's and, I, and I
4: assumed that uh, Krabappel did not make the list because of uh, the actress's passing. So the last couple seasons oh, that's true, probably tilted it out of kilter a little bit. One of the things um, so, interesting
2: about the list is how male-centric it is. They pointed out Mrs. Krabappel is not until it looks like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. And, yeah, it's it's mostly in the top 50. It's got to be like 40-some male roles. So. Wow.
4: All right, not too much swinging in that swing round as we both uh, got uh, seven correct, bringing us at uh, 10 of midnight to 95 and 105 for dropping the ball.
2: And as I said, round two will be a professional wrestling-themed round, but don't worry for you non-professional wrestling people, I very much, for the most part, tried to write trivia questions that non-wrestling fans could answer. So uh, just listen for, listen for those clues that might direct you towards the right answer, even if you've never watched an episode of WWE Raw in your life. So question one. Category is Going Hollywood. Terry Belea was just a fretless bass player for a 1970s Florida-based rock band called Ruckus when he was discovered by the Briscoe Brothers, who, impressed by his physical stature, convinced him to get trained as a professional wrestler. What name is Terry Balea better known by today?
4: I mean, this man is mostly known for his wide variety of pasta, Correct
3: and his t-shirts and other things at his store
5: i thought it was all about his reality tv show
3: and uh yeah we're going with hulk hogan brother
4: brother
5: yeah asha i'm pretty sure this is hulk hogan
1: okay let's lock it in
2: whether or not you needed the theme of going hollywood the answer is indeed hollywood hulk hogan question two category is just too sweet one of the most infamous wrestling factions of the 1990s shares its name with a suspected real world group whose Wikipedia page defines them as, quote, a secretive power elite with a globalist agenda conspiring to rule the world through an authoritarian one world government. What is the name of this wrestling faction?
3: We're locked in.
5: Asha, is this uh, the Illuminati maybe?
1: Um, that works for me. I don't have any idea of re- going from the wrestling aspect of it. So.
5: Oh neither do I. I'm just guessing the like a secretive elite globalist right. agenda. yeah yeah
4: See so, that that uh, st- a <laughs> Stonemason Steve Austin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's your episode title. <sighs> That's yeah, really that, good.
1: Let's try it. I'd have no idea. okay. We're going to
5: guess the Illuminati.
2: Give me a hell yeah.
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> that's the whole cult. Uh, yeah, this one. Uh, I
4: don't think this. Well, well not a, <laughs> let's not get the stonemasons after uh, us, Neil. Yeah, that's true. We don't want the stonemasons after freemasons? us. the freemasons? <laughs> or the freemasons. Whoever,
3: yeah, whoever meets in dark corners and hood, hoods in, and talks about architecture, whatever they do. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Bill and I did the two sweet symbol, uh, which if you've ever seen it before, it's your uh, middle and ring finger on your thumb, and it kind of looks like a wolf. And then they they kiss the the mouse there. But uh, we said it was NWO.
2: One team will be receiving points. The answer is indeed the NWO, in world who order. is just too sweet. <laughs>
3: Sting was in it for a while, right? Wolfpack. He was in it for quite a the while. Wolfpack, yeah. St- yeah. Sting was in it for quite a while. He was in it for longer than you'd expect him to be. Honestly, he's still he's still doing it too. I mean, you thought he was injured from the Seth Rollins, uh, you know, power bomb into the corner, but he's he's still doing it.
4: I'm so glad the Sting is back.
3: <laughs> and then Jeff over here, Big Daddy Diesel, shaking his head.
2: <laughs> Question three, category is beyond the WWE universe. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is the highest grossing former wrestler in Hollywood, and it's not close. However. Despite his impressive box office performances, The Rock does not rank first among former wrestlers when it comes to the highest-grossing film that he has appeared in. That distinction belongs to a wrestler who, despite mostly supporting roles, has made his fair share of money in Hollywood as well. Who is this former wrestler-turned-actor?
4: Okay, we're locked in. Uh, we're pretty confident we have the right uh, guy.
1: Um, <clears throat> I wonder if it's the guy from... Guardians of the Galaxy Dave Bautista yeah him.
4: Ooh, yeah cause that, uh, that cab movie with uh, Kumail Nanjiani made a ton of money I, that's not a bad
5: idea he plays mostly supporting characters the only other one I could think of was John Cena yeah, um,
1: that, he, he, those were the only two on my list <laughs> but I figured I, like, I, I Avengers... haven't seen
4: John Cena in anything though no Oh, I see him. I I love John Cena. I I haven't seen him in anything. Oh, well, you haven't. Yeah, No one has.
5: (laughs) Asha got it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I kind of like, I wasn't thinking Dave Bautista, but now I kind of like it. So let's go Dave Bautista.
4: Okay. Yeah, we said Bautista because he was in Endgame.
3: Yeah, right. He was in the Avengers movies. Yeah, right. So definitely.
2: The category was beyond the WWE universe, so yes, Marvel universe. The answer was Dave Batista. Both teams receiving points. It he wasn't was,
4: the Kamel Naji. Drax
2: the Destroyer. What, what yeah, that's Drax. it. Like, yeah. Drax? Drax. I think. Yeah,
3: Drax. Drax yeah, right. and another wrestling um, connection there. CM Punk. Uh, Phil wrote, Brooks. Wrote, he wrote a comic book. Comics. On. Yeah. Oh.
2: Question four. Category is the Ugandan Giant. James Harris was born in 1950 in Senatobia, Mississippi, and like many other professional wrestlers, did not wrestle under his own name. Coincidentally, the one-word ring name that Harris did use is identical in spelling to the first name of another famous person with the surname Harris. What was James Harris's ring name?
3: This is a tough one because I'm trying to think of the era. Ken, like, if born in 1950, they probably were in prominence in their between 30s and 40s, which would be 80s, 80s early 90s. 90s. All right. Well, we just uh, can't quite figure this one out, right, Neil? Well, yeah, we can't figure it out. I, I think it's it's in there somewhere, but uh, we're we're gonna probably lock in with a completely different wrestler that has a single name, kind of. But yeah. First thoughts, Asha.
1: I literally can't think of anything. Like I don't can't even think of another person named Harris.
5: We have a pretty famous one who's the VP of the United States right now, and I oh, that's
1: probably what it is. That
5: would be kind of interesting if his yes, no, ring that's name exactly what it is, Kamala. Yes, so that's what we're gonna go with.
3: I I should have gone that way. That Kamala had the the white face paint and the star and the moon on their their body and and paint. Man, yeah, as soon as bad. you
1: said that, I remember hearing that.
3: That's my bad. I had that figure. Um, yeah, we just locked in with Kali, which is completely wrong. It's not definitely not the great Kali, but yeah.
2: Points to one team, Neil. You were thinking of Papa Shango. Papa Shango, thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was for Halloween last year. But the answer is indeed Kamala. Yeah, who happens to have the same last name as Kamala Harris. Really interesting story too. Um, there's like a little ten-minute YouTube story on Kamala's life and career after wrestling. Uh, very sad, but the story of. A lot of wrestlers, particularly wrestlers of color, who just didn't get treated very well by the World Wrestling Federation back in the day. Question five. Category is spelled like the guy in the Bible. Also, like many other wrestlers, Brian Clark wrestled under various ring names. Under one of these ring names, Clark sported luminous green contact lenses, a bright red tongue, and was purported to hail from Three Mile Island. What was Brian Clark's punny ring name?
4: All right, I, uh, I wrote down a few guesses on uh, my paper and showed Neil, and he's picked one. Uh, we have some reasoning, which we'll tell you in a minute. What do you guys think?
5: We have no idea. Yeah. Um, we think we've got something from Three Mile Island, thinking it had to do with the disaster that occurred there, but we can't think of any biblical names. That may be punny in that sense. So we got to do the thing in
4: wrestling and tap out. Okay. Well, uh, Neil informed me that Cain it was spelled differently than the Cain in the Bible. So we thought maybe his brother Abel was the other counterpart, but I don't know if that's a wrestler.
2: So this was one of the toughest ones I play tested, but I liked it too much to leave it out. Um, Jeff, you're right. This is a nod to the nuclear disaster that took place at Three Mile Island. The character's name was Adam Bomb.
3: Oh, Adam
2: right. Bomb. Yeah, WWF showing his genius there. Adam Bomb was the name of Brian Clark's uh, ring personality that hailed from Three Mile Island. So no points for either team. I
1: kind of like that name, actually.
4: All right, both teams picking up 30 points in the first half of the second round, bringing it to 125 for us, 135 for them. So still, uh, still a 10-point game.
2: Question six, category is ready to rumble. The downfall of the wrestling promotion WCW is often attributed to a series of head-scratching booking decisions that made wrestling fans want to scream, but none of them is more infamous. Than the decision to put the promotion's world heavyweight championship on what physically unimposing Hollywood actor, a decision which Mean Gene Okerland equated to throwing the title in the trash.
5: My first thought here is David Arquette. I know he got into wrestling, um, but I think this was maybe before he got into wrestling, um, and he's not—he doesn't seem to be a very physically imposing actor, so.
1: Like, I have no frame of ref- reference for time wise, but the first person that came to my mind was Pee Wee Herman. Oh, that would so. be hilarious.
5: <laughs> I just don't.
1: <laughs>
5: I just don't But think I think
1: David Arquette <laughs> is probably a better,
5: a safer guess, maybe. Okay. I don't know if it's better, but we're going to go with David Arquette.
4: Yeah, surprisingly, I had to convince Neil into this answer. I was like, it's a scream in the question. Yep. And uh, the title of the question is "Ready to Rumble," so we said David Arquette.
2: Points to both teams. As much as I would have loved to see Pee Wee Herman as the heavyweight champion, <laughs> the <laughs> answer is indeed <laughs> David Arquette, who's still uh, kind of active on the independent wrestling scene every now and then. Yeah, El he...
3: opinion Daddy. He was in a great uh, doc uh, when he actually really got into wrestling, where he was like getting really hurt with like people um, smashing him with like fluorescent light bulbs and um all that kind of stuff and he was getting to like extreme wrestling uh and i can't remember or you cannot kill david arquette it just came out two years ago uh, where he actually like tried to give a go at real wrestling uh like trying real hard so pretty interesting
2: question seven category is thank you very much even though he is one of the most decorated professional wrestlers in history Today's wrestling fans probably know Jerry the King Lawler more for his color commentary than for his wrestling. Likewise, even during his wrestling heyday, older generations probably remember Lawler for his real-life feud with what non-wrestling entertainer and performer, who was also well-versed in the art of kayfabe.
3: We're in. Maybe the greatest at kayfabe.
1: I don't have anything that would be helpful in this.
5: Neither do I. But I'm just trying to think of a real life feud with a non-wrestling entertainer. And the only one I can think of that kept making appearances in wrestling was Donald Trump. So, I don't have a better answer, but it's have, that's an a good answer. Point.
4: This is uh Tony Tony what's his name? Tony Clifton? Tony Clifton. <laughs> yeah. Andy Kaufman.
2: Oh points to one team if you ever are wondering what the definition of kayfabe is you can simply listen to an rem hit all about kayfabe which is man on the moon a song about andy kaufman thank you very much
4: in the wrestling match yeah 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 yeah
3: Yeah, I think I explained it to you before. It's just uh, it's a lost art now. You're staying in character at all times, Jeff. So uh-huh. if you're a, if you're a heel, you're mean to all the fans that come up to you after the show. You never break character, but they do all the time now because they have social media and all that good stuff. So
2: yeah, and uh, Andy Kaufman and Lawler had some really epic um, conflicts on, I believe it was the Tonight Show with some some late night show where where it was very much blurred the lines between um art and reality so
3: much like the joaquin phoenix uh very much like that yeah because yeah. it's very uncomfortable because you actually think lawler's like angry with him and smacking him around because andy kaufman's like playing it off like he's genuine <laughs> so it's like really awkward but so it was
4: so the food the feud was made up or it was real it was fake didn't
3: didn't lawler never really got mad at him no i, I think i think it was all he was in character right
2: yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I oh, believe okay. after Andy Kaufman's death, uh, Lala revealed that, that yeah, it was all a work. Yeah. Because oh, he said it was like he was awesome. like a good friend with him. Yeah.
3: Which is insane because like people just thought that they hate each other. And he's like, you know, suplexing them and body slamming <laughs> them. It's crazy.
5: What's the opposite of it where I pretend to be nice to you guys every week? <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's triviality, baby.
2: <laughs> Question eight category is tag team wrestling part one. The Natural Disasters were a tag team from the early 1990s made up of two heavyweight wrestlers, each named after a, wait for it, natural disaster. For five points each, name the natural disasters that these wrestlers were named after. Hint, the Philippines experienced both of these natural disasters during the 2022 calendar year
3: okay we, we talked about it we listed some natural disasters I'm trying to remember uh, this duo they're very very uh, deep uh, in my memory but we locked in with two so we're gonna we're gonna give it a go
5: okay asha um, anything with uh, recent uh, international news bring uh, these to mind
1: like tsunami earthquake tidal wave
5: I feel like One slide. it's been a I don't know. 2022 has been three years for me because I don't think anything real has happened since 2019. But um, in my mind, at least, it's all one year. Um, I feel like there was a volcano maybe that happened in the Philippines recently. I remember it kind of grounding like air traffic. Um, So I'm not sure if it was volcano or eruption. Either way, those are great names. Um, And then maybe the other one I was thinking of that we haven't talked about is Typhoon. Oh, that's um, a good one. Cuz that's like the hurricane but in the Pacific. Right. Well, what do you think what's I like volcano. What do you what do you like for a second one?
1: Um Well, let's do typhoon.
4: Okay. We're going to go volcano and typhoon.
3: Okay, the, it's the volcano and the typhoon versus Uh yeah, we said earthquake, which I think is kind of I think you're 100% right cuz I believe they had onesies and mullets, Uh, but we said tsunami, but I think after hearing Typhoon, I think Typhoon is right. We said tsunami and quake, earthquake. Quake.
2: Each team will be receiving five points. The answers are earthquake and typhoon. Hmm. Typhoon, also known as tugboat. And yeah, these were a couple big dudes.
3: They had mullets, right?
2: They did. Uh, Well, typhoon, a mullet, earthquake, more of just like that Hulk Hogan Bald on top, but still had the long hair in the back.
4: That's a great look. I don't know if you (laughs)
2: still call that a (laughs) mullet. Question nine. Tag team wrestling part two. Though tag team championships are usually held by teams of two, a fabulous threesome from the 1980s helped give rise to a rule that allowed any two members of a three-person team to defend the titles on any given night. This rule also shares a name with a song request that you might shout out at a concert, regardless of the band that's performing. What is the name of this rule?
5: Reluctant. Okay. Um, I don't think it's Encore, but you, you might. Um I do know a lot of people, especially when I was in high school, used to troll by screaming Freebird.
1: That's what I wrote down. That's the, I can think of. That's the first thing I thought
5: of. Okay. Uh, then I'm good to go.
2: Let's go Freebird.
4: Yeah, we also said Freebird, though we'd like to know why, if you know that is the name of the rule.
2: Named after the fabulous Freebirds, a great threesome from the 1980s. The answer is indeed Freebird points to both teams. Recently employed by teams like the New Day.
3: Mm-hmm. I was so. going to say, New Day, yeah.
2: And finally, question 10. Category is WrestleMania. For years, WrestleMania 3 was the highest attended WrestleMania of all time when over 93,000 fans witnessed Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant at the Pontiac Silverdome in Detroit. That record was broken 29 years later. When 101,000 plus fans nearly blew the roof off the stadium at WrestleMania 32 in what American city?
5: Well, what I'm thinking is um, I think Minneapolis' roof collapsed under snow um, where the Vikings play before they built their new stadium. Yeah, that and kind of makes sense. He is Our host from Bill Minnesota. is from Minnesota. Um, blew the roof. Unless I'm trying to think of like maybe a wind sort of city named after wind or that's
6: Chicago.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Um, Chicago means smelly onion or something, right?
3: Stinky onion. Yeah.
5: yeah. Um, that's my best guess. Minneapolis. Yeah. I mean, it to has think. to
1: be someplace with a big covered. Yeah. Lock in Minneapolis.
3: Yeah. So um, Asha's wearing a Disneyland sweater today that you can't see. And I believe the place I remember watching this pay-per-view. It's a place that I think kind of fudges their numbers sometimes because there's a lot of standing room only at this stadium. Um, And I'm not sure if you need the exact city it's in, but um, I believe it's called like football Disneyland. So we said Dallas, the home of the Cowboys, which I think is Fort Worth.
2: Points to one team. The answer is Dallas. Actually, technically yeah. Arlington. Or Arlington, right. But I said I would take either. Um, I was actually at this WrestleMania, um, and yeah, it was when, when Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hit, when that glass broke to be amongst the 101,000-plus that came unglued. Um, was was a pretty cool thing, but yeah, the the blew the roof off. Was just trying to direct you to an indoor stadium. Um, most of the biggest stadiums in the country that uh, that have a, a really high capacity are, are outdoor stadiums. Not many indoor stadiums that can hold that many people. But Jerry World down in Dallas, uh, not sure if it was 101, hundred one, but man, there was a lot of people there. That's a pretty big establishment.
3: That yep. was that was a fun one too. Yeah, great clues. Ugh.
2: All right about that.
4: And with a couple extra questions answered correctly by uh, 10 to midnight, we are taking the lead at 170 and leaving you guys behind, dropping the ball at 160. So still anybody's game going into the final. Can we please have those final round categories?
2: So final round will be famous bills. The five categories I have under famous bills are Bill Clinton, Bill Nye, The Buffalo Bills, the Bill of Rights, and Mr. Bill.
4: Our wagers are now locked in, so let's have the questions.
2: Sticking with my write-what-you-know approach, famous bills. Question one, Bill Clinton. At 46 years and 154 days, Bill Clinton was the third youngest president on the day of his inauguration. What two presidents were younger? Question two, Bill Nye. Before his career in television began, Bill Nye spent nearly a decade doing stand-up comedy, an endeavor which began in 1978 after Nye won a look-alike contest for what multi-talented comedian, who Comedy Central ranked as 6th on its 2004 list of the greatest stand-up comics of all time? Question 3, The Buffalo Bills. As a franchise, the Buffalo Bills are probably most famous for losing four straight Super Bowls from 1991 to 1994. There are two teams, however, that have lost more total Super Bowls than the Bills. Name both of them. Question four, the Bill of Rights. Among other things, the Bill of Rights contains a set of amendments, collectively known as the Rights of the Accused, that offer guarantees and protections to persons charged with crimes. Which of these amendments guarantees the right to a speedy public trial by an impartial jury, as well as the right to an accused person to have the assistance of counsel for his defense? And question five Mr. Bill. While SNL's Mr. Bill might have attributed much of his suffering to fellow claymation character Sluggo, everyone knows that the true perpetrator behind Mr. Bill's misfortune is a different character that goes by the name of Mr. What? human body part.
4: All right. We have our questions. Let's see if our wages will pay uh, off for us after this break.
0: Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping family road trip trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures.
6: Everybody, shush!
0: William Shatner has something to say.
4: Kat and Jethro, box of
2: oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies?
4: All right, and we are back with our
3: answers, and uh, we'll see who is the cream of the crop today. Definitely Bill today with these questions. Thank you, Bill, for all the the wonderful questions. Uh, We're excited to see how this is going to end up, so let's get those clues again. We'll give you our answers.
2: All right, question one in the category or the round famous Bill's category was Bill Clinton. At 46 years and 154 days, Bill Clinton was the third youngest president on the day of his inauguration, what two presidents were younger?
4: So I believe uh, you guys wagered 30s all the way down, correct?
2: Absolutely. We went all in. All right. we Ours
4: were kind of all over the place. So for this first one, we, we wagered 20. We said JFK and Obama.
1: Okay. And we said um, JFK and Teddy Roosevelt, as you guys say. But Roosevelt, as I say. <laughs>
2: Points to one team. The answers are JFK and Teddy Roosevelt, mm. who was actually the youngest, uh, only forty-two years old. I forget after about that. William Kenley's assassination. Yeah, because
5: he took over. I think he was in his like. I almost feel like he was in his thirties, and then when he got reinaugurated, he was he in was his, in early, his early teens. Yes, he was a teenager. He, in the, was, he it was the was dungy dungy early old, teens. The Dooley
4: so, You just couldn't tell because he already had a mustache. <laughs> Born with it, in fact
2: question two category was Bill Nye. Before his career in television began, Bill Nye spent nearly a decade doing stand-up comedy, an endeavor which began in 1978 after Nye won a look-alike contest for what multi-talented comedian, who Comedy Central ranked as sixth on its 2004 list of the greatest stand-up comics of all time?
4: just heard multi-talented, which makes me worried about our answer for this. We Mm -hmm. wagered 30, and uh, we put Woody Allen.
1: We also wagered thirty and we put Steve Martin.
2: Points to one team. Multi talented was the key word, and the answer is Steve Martin. The banjo playing Steve Martin. I don't really see the resemblance all that much, but apparently in nineteen seventy eight those those guys must have looked pretty similar.
5: I don't know. All lanky white dudes look the That's same. That's exactly
1: me. what I was gonna say. <laughs> I was, going I was gonna, gonna go say, as skinny say, white Steve guy, Martin's but sure. Steve not
4: that lanky, though.
3: Before the before the nineties, <laughs> I feel and like, crazy guys. before the nineties, you could pretty much look like anyone you wanted because there's no internet, so you could just, you know, she had a good, good nose, person,
1: good hairstyle,
3: set. good hairstyle takes.
2: Well, to your point, Ken, when I started looking up researching Bill Nye, I was my intention was to do some kind of a science question, but when I read that, I just said, this has to be the question. This is too. So Strange it's and funny.
4: so it's sabotage is what yes, it is. Yes, it's, it's yeah.
2: sabotage. Okay. Listen, all y'all.
4: <laughs>
2: Question three: The Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo Me's. As a franchise, the Buffalo Bills are probably most famous for losing four straight Super Bowls from nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety four. There are two teams, however, that have lost more total Super Bowls than the Bills. Name both of them.
4: For fifteen points, we said the Patriots and the Broncos. We
1: also said the Patriots and the
2: Broncos. No one took the Vikings' bait. Points to both teams. The answers are the Patriots and the Broncos, both of whom have won multiple Super Bowls, but have also lost multiple Super Bowls, five to be exact.
4: It's a side effect of being good.
5: Bill, don't worry about it. We know that the Vikings like to blow it in the NFC Championship game.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm fairly confident the, the Vikings are kicking the Cardinals' butts right now. I can't wait to get out there and check it out once we wrap up. All right. Question four category was the bill of rights. Among other things, the bill of rights contains a set of amendments collectively known as the rights of the accused that offer guarantees and protections to persons charged with crimes. Which of these amendments guarantees the right to a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury, as well as the right of an accused person to have the assistance of counsel for his defense?
4: Uh, we wagered zero on this one. Uh, we were thinking of a police officer like reading the rights to uh, an arrestee, and we felt like that part comes right before you have the right to remain silent. Uh, we couldn't quite remember if it was before or after. Regardless, we wagered zero. We said the fourth. We wagered
1: 30 and we said the
2: sixth. Points to one team. The answer is numero seis which is Spanish for number six, is the Mm. Sixth Amendment.
5: Asha had that cold.
2: Yeah, no hesitation from Asha on that one. And lastly, question five category is Mr. Bill. While SNL's Mr. Bill might have attributed much of his suffering to a fellow claymation character Sluggo, everyone knows that the true perpetrator behind Mr. Bill's misfortune is a different character that goes by the name of Mr. What? Human Body Part.
4: Uh, we wagered ten on this one. We said Mister Hand.
1: We also said Mister Hand, and we wagered thirty.
2: Points to both teams. The answer is Mister Hands, and I will accept the singular version of that answer as well. So yeah, Mister Hands.
3: Well, Neil. Well, there's nothing we could do about that. No, they the crowd was on their side. They got into a run on us, and uh, no, no holding back. We we got pummeled. Yep.
4: 10 to midnight, uh, one forty five to finish the game. The team that did not drop the ball with 3.10, dropping the ball. You're the cream of the crop.
1: The
4: cream of the crop. Yay. Asha, well done.
5: <coughs> well done, Jeff. Excellent. Hey, Excellent I could use a
1: wrestling reference and say we laid the snack down on them. Nice. <laughs> there you go.
4: Well done. <laughs> Bill, great questions today. We had a great time. Uh, any yeah, uh, parting you. thoughts from you?
2: Yeah, just want to give a shout out to my trivia team, which includes executive producer Dave Brown. We are the cool dudes, 69 420. Kind of going with like an AOL, uh, you know, 1990s screen, screen in there. And uh, for anyone interested in professional wrestling, the revolutionary Bill Williams. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. So uh, if you want to see me come wrestle in a town near you, give me a follow and tell your local wrestling promotion to give me a booking.
4: Yes, and uh, once again, thank you for the shout outs to all those great teachers that you mentioned. Um, and Asha, great uh, great work today. You you defeated us single handedly, I'm, I'm going to say. <laughs> Jeff, what do you think? I'll go with say? it. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, any final uh, shout outs? blamed it on Sluggo, but we know. We know who is responsible, yeah. Any uh, final shout outs today?
1: Um, no, thanks for having me on. Congratulations on 300 episodes, although we know it's 300 plus, definitely. With everything else you guys do, um, since it'll be December, happy holidays, and happy new year, and hoping 2023 is great for everybody.
4: Yeah, thank you, Asha. And just a reminder, as always, we are part of the Airwave Media Network, um, a great network where you can find other podcasts such as The Ancient World, Art of History, and A Mindful Moment. A Mindful Moment. Uh, and that'll do it for today's episode we once again want to thank our guests bill and asha and for jeff neil matt somewhere in the world and myself ken that was triviality